Welcome back to the Paper Movies, a novelization book club podcast. Uh, today, again, it's going only going to be two of us hosts. Uh, Jeremy took this month off. Uh, so today it's just going to be me, Adam, and Matthew, and we'll be hi. discussing... Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and today we'll be discussing the novelization to Man of Steel. Man of Steel, well, the novelization was by Greg Cox, and it was based on the story by David S. Goyer and Christopher Nolan, and the screenplay by David S. Goyer, and it was based upon the Superman characters created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. So before, uh, as always, uh, we always, before we start off with our thoughts, we give a brief summary. Uh, it's basically your traditional Superman origin with a few uh, changes here and there, but it starts off in Krypton. It's uh, Jor-El, Superman's father, uh, is realizing the planet is doomed. It's about to explode. And so um, he kind of does something that goes against their culture's um, uh, system of doing things. Like they had a natural a natural child uh, that was Kal-El. And normally their uh, system of doing things is like they uh, have them, their, their children created pre-programmed with a destined future, uh, but they wanted to add a little bit of freedom to that. So they um, had their first natural birth. And then so they, uh, as the planet is dying, Jarrell steals what they call the Codex, which is, uh, it's kind of a confusing to say they steal the Codex, which is like a, all of like Kryptonian's like legacy is stored within uh, Kal-El and he ships them off to earth as Krypton is being destroyed. And uh, General Zod, which is Jarrell's uh, uh, an old friend of his, um, they get tried for, you know, treason, you know, as they try to take over the council of Krypton and everything. And they uh, are sentenced to the Phantom Zone, but Krypton's uh, destruction releases them from the Phantom Zone. And uh, eventually they find the whereabouts of Superman and they you know, basically take the planet hostage and threaten it unless Superman surrenders himself. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, you know, it's a, spy, a Superman story, you know? Uh, some kid grows up thinking is human with some special abilities that he's always told to keep to himself. We don't want to draw too much attention to it, you know, because he'd be labeled a freak or, you know, taken away by the U S government because he fell from space. Um, yeah, it was an interesting, interesting start to the book. I really enjoyed the Krypton history with Jor-El and his mother. Uh, they gave birth to their child, Kal-El, uh, against, you said, their culture, and uh, General Zod, who is like the, the warrior, right? The, yeah. like the main warlord of the Kryptonians. And uh, he disagrees with the government on some things, and uh, their world, Krypton, is falling apart. And uh, he kind of contributes to that by attacking everybody. Right, he tries to do yeah. this insurrection of the government, and the world <laughs> kind of crumbling around. So you know he's adding to the devastation, and uh, you got Jor-El and his wife, which I can't remember her name. It makes me feel like a, a Laura. bad person for not, Laura. Yeah, Laura, and they give birth the natural way, 
the the whole thing with Jorel uh, getting that codex and breaking it down and putting it into his son's DNA was really interesting. To me, that was probably the most interesting stuff in the book, in my opinion. Um, and I, it would have been really cool to get a full story of the Krypton people living. It's like everybody was bred for their uh, specific purposes, their own jobs. And, you know, chaos happens here at the end, which I'm sure there was other things going on beforehand to build up to that, which would have been really cool uh, in another story to, to read about. And I'm not a huge DC fan, so I don't know if there is that kind of material out there. Um, but for what we got in Man of Steel, I did not see this movie, so I, I can't compare much to the film. But so I'm getting a different perspective on, you know, just the story, which is still a lot of fun to do that. Um, sometimes the books are always better than the movie, but you don't really know until you see the movie. So, um, yeah, I, I thought the best part for me was uh, the, the beginning. Yeah, uh, there wasn't a lot of the Codex stuff in like the previous Superman stories, at least not to my knowledge. I haven't read a lot of Superman comics. Uh, I've, I've read a few, um, but the Codex thing was a little bit new to me too. But I did like, and I took a note of this, I did like that they did reference some things that were from the uh, Superman um, story. Like they mentioned, like uh, especially throughout the parts of Krypton, they mentioned... Rao, like R-A-R-A-O, Rao is like the Kryptonian deity. I thought that that was pretty cool because I've heard Superman in the like in like video games or in the comics, you know, reference. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that was kind of a, I thought that was cool. And I'm like, because that wasn't, I don't remember that mention in the film at all. And so I like that Greg Cox uh, like added that in there. Um, but this was like, um, I did like that this was, more of a uh it was more of like a, a self-awareness type story do you get mm -hmm. where i'm like oh yeah in the original like the 1978 superman film with christopher reeve like the first like when clark's on earth like i mean he goes in that journey to find you know his uh lineage and you know when he finds it like he Im immediately knows who he is but like this was more of a like and we see that with clark you know, traveling the world, he gets like odd jobs here and there. Like he'll, he works on a boat. Um, he gets a job at a bar, you know, he's just trying to like find his place in this world. And, you yeah. know, I did like that. We got more of a, like more of a process behind that. It was like, like, cause uh, you know, a being as powerful as Superman, you know, it's just like, you know, some people would, uh, you know, take advantage of that, you know, like like what Zod did and try to rule the world, you know, spoilers, by the way, you know, as always, spoilers, <laughs> um, like try to rule, rule, destroy the world. But, you know, Superman instead goes on like this big journey, you know, of, you know, trying to find who he is and find his place in this world. And, you know, he's helping people along the way, like he always wants to help people. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's... Um, you know, he wants to help, but at the same time, he can't draw too much attention to himself, you know? Right. And, like, that's part of his, like, real challenge as he's growing up. He's picked on at school by a bunch of people, like, all the time. Like, he's just that kid that's bullied. And he can't fight back because he just beat the crap out of these people. I mean, you know? I mean he'd, he'd, probably, he'd probably instantly kill, kill them. them. Yeah. yeah. And, and – oh, go, go ahead. ahead. 
it's just like there's so many cool things that that happened in his youth. Some of it I found a little bit silly, but you know, I I'm not blaming the author for that at all. It's the screenplay, you know, with the bus situation where the school a bus goes like into yeah. a lake or a river, goes yeah. off the bridge or something. And he has to like push it back up and saves a bunch of kids. It's like I figured that would have brought a lot of attention in to that city, you know. But he it kind of was like swept under the rug. And then yeah. all the students kind of thought it's like, oh, what a freak. What a freak. Yeah, I did like uh that, you know, this was, you know, um and I like that they kind of uh like <laughs> what I'm trying to say is this is like, you know, realistically, like I feel like I like how they portrayed how realistic it probably could have been to find someone like for people to easily figure out who Superman is. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you know, he's doing these amazing things like push instantly pushing his school bus from sinking in the river as if it was nothing. And, you know, there's also like that scene where he like shoves these, uh, uh, wood, uh, telephone poles through this, this jerk truckers, uh, semi and, you know, and just like, cause on average stuff like that will not happen. And it's just, um, and then, you know, there's talks about, you know, uh, how a man just saved these people from burning to death in an oil rig and everything. It's just like people can easily like I like how they can they made it to where it's easily able to traceable, traceable. Yeah, traceable to figure yeah. out who who that guy who who is this guy and where did he come from? Right. Which we had that character that did put those pieces together. Lois. Lane, Lois. Yeah. Yes. Which um, to me, if we want to move into a little bit more of a character development um i did not like the relationship between lois and kal-el oh really i did not feel like there was really that much chemistry between them and i don't know if that's just if it's like that for everybody else that either reads the book or watches the film i don't know how those you know they interacted on screen but in the book it just kind of felt really awkward it felt like she had an attraction for him and he was just kind of like, Hey lady. And like all of it until the end, you know, he's like, Hey, it's me. When he shows up with a new job at the, you know, the, the daily planet. Um, I thought that was like the best part between them. She's like, I got to pretend to be somebody I'm not, you know, or like, I don't know him. I got to pretend I don't know him. And he's just like smiles and it's like, Hey, you gonna show me around whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the father, the bond between, his father, I thought that was good. Uh, uh, which father, like Jonathan Kent or Jorel? Yes, Jorel. Okay. I thought, uh, not Jorel, sorry. Uh, Jonathan John, Kent. Jonathan, yes. That was good. Uh, it was sad that the, the you know his last few moments with him, he was irritated with him and he's like, You're not my father. And he's like, Ouch. Yeah. That hurts. And then he uh, actually gets uh, killed by a tornado of all things, which as Oklahoma people, we could connect with that. <laughs> um, well, that was different. That was actually different from the comics um, or like the traditional canon story is that Jonathan Kent normally always died from a heart attack, oh. uh, but he always did uh, give that life lesson that, you know, um, always do the right thing. Um, but I did, I, I can see why they changed it, you know, to make it a little bit more personal, like, you know, to where Clark would really get the 
lesson, you know, like he let his father sacrifice himself so that way he could remain hidden and you know right. protect himself and his and his mother. And he easily he easily could have saved him, but he, even it even makes eye con he makes eye contact with his father and his dad's like, no, now is not the time. I will say though that scene in the film is actually uh, pretty uh, emotional. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, Henry Cavill or Cavill, I think Cap Cavill, uh, his acting on that scene was pretty good. Um, okay. But um, so we talked about the. Th uh, what did you think about this novel as a whole? Like, what are your thoughts? I en I enjoyed parts of it. Um, was I a huge fan? No. I think that's just part of like the super like superhero. I hate hearing fatigue. Oh, superhero fatigue. I guess that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's like once you see a couple or read a couple of these types of stories, you kind of feel like you've seen them all. Mm -hmm. You heard them all. Um, and but Superman, he is that classic hero. Same, you know, same with Batman. Uh, and it's funny that they're both the D the DC uh, creation creations that. Are like the top tier, but um, I liked the early stuff, like I mentioned. The later stuff in the book, like it was basically a huge battle, and I'm not really the biggest fan of just action stories, they kind of get tiring for me. Mm -hmm. And so, like, a huge chunk of this book is action, and it was easy to follow. That's that's for sure, it was easy to follow. Mm -hmm. uh, I enjoyed some of the mystery that we talked about with uh, Kal-El, you know, like, oh, he's roaming around trying to find new jobs. And then the discovery of who he is by Lois Lane. I thought that was a little bit too quick. Um, some things jumped around a little bit too fast as well, uh, which kind of th not throw me off, but I thought could have slowed down a little bit. Pacing is a little bit fast paced. Um one of the major issues that I did have with this is there were a ton of typos. And I don't think that that's the author's fault. Maybe the editors, somebody let that slide through. And it was just a, like simple things like the would be placed in, you know, before and after a word like twice, or um, it's not like misspellings everywhere. It was just certain grammar was uh, off. And I think that could have been avoided if there are a couple more eyes on it, because I know um, I've tried to write things in the past. I know it's easy to mistype something, but I think that was just a um, an overlook by the editor. But I've, I've noticed that happen actually a lot with Titan Books, the publisher. So I don't know if it's just a Titan book thing or what. So that was my only issue really with with Man of Steel. Okay. Honestly, I really enjoyed this novel. <laughs> um, I, I, it's not my, uh, I think the original 70s Superman is still my favorite, but I did like the film. Like I didn't have like any, don't remember having a lot of issues with it, but I haven't seen it in a while. I might have to rewatch it, but I did enjoy this novelization. Like, um, I was, I was just drawn into it. I just thought that it was, I thought it was, uh, I thought Greg, like I said, uh, with the typos, like it may not be the author's fault. It might be the editor's, but 
I thought that um, Greg Cox did a pretty good job with this story. Um, oh yeah, I uh, he um, it was an easy read, and like I read like a hundred pages of this, like in like a two like a couple of hours, like in one night, as we were you know I was making my way to finish it to be able to record this episode, and I was just like realized like wow, I just read a hundred pages. Like, cause like that, I was just drawn into it. So I thought mm. it was well-written. Um, uh, I mean, but obviously, you know, it's Superman. So, you know, this is like, you can definitely tell this is a, f like, uh, this is more like a film that needs to be seen, but you know, the novelization, you know, if, if it wasn't a film, this would have been a pretty decent, um, you know, story, you know, in a right. book for Superman, right. if it wasn't a film and, um, it would have been like a nice change of pace for the character. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I thought Greg Cox did a great job with descriptions. The dialogue was great. Um, it's funny because like you mentioned with like, Oh, you should see the Superman films. Uh, some of the stuff that stuck out to me knowing like, cause I never saw the film. I saw trailers and by the cover of the book, it has that blue tint everything's kind of gray and blue and there's descriptions in here about Superman being like the real, you know, bright blue, bright red Cape. And I'm thinking like, that sounds different than the film. Cause I, I know that the, from the images that I've seen, everything's real blue or gray and uh, kind of grim gives that darker vibe or whatever. But uh, I think the descriptions that Greg Cox gave us in the book were fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, and like a lot of fun with the uh, the lore of Superman, like with his family. I want to know more about that stuff now, though, after reading this. Um, this is actually really my first real exposure to Superman because I never really read anything about him in the past. Um, I saw the original movie once a uh, long time ago. And of course, we have the soundtrack by uh, John, John Williams. Williams. And I don't think and the, the new soundtrack for this one, I believe, was... Uh, uh, I know his name. Hans so Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, yes. And I thought that one was kind of actually dull. I do have it. I do have the soundtrack. I'm obsessed with soundtracks. Because um, I think his main theme was just like two notes playing. And I was like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> but I kept like, when I was reading certain parts of this, I was, John Williams music was playing in my head, like the theme, um, which was, which was pretty cool. Uh I think there was one other thing that I wanted to say about the novel. Um, I, I can't think of what it was now. So um, I might just not talk about it because I don't remember. Well, I was going to say there were a couple of things that I knew were not in the film, unless they were deleted scenes. I haven't seen like the deleted scenes of this movie yet, but there was like this scene where um, at the beginning when they took, uh, a little bit the baby Clark Kent to the hospital and um I did like that scene because that wasn't in the film I don't at least I don't remember it was and um I, they kind of ex, you know they could kind of explain something that I never actually questioned before um uh, you know Greg Cox explained something I never questioned for when it came to Superman like what was it like taking him to the doctor? growing up and they explained <laughs> that i mean like the guy that has impenetrable skin like he could never get a shot and yeah. um 
and it's just like they explained that they never took him to the same doctor like twice and everything like they had mm-hmm. to keep going like different places to take him to a different doctor and i thought that that was kind of interesting I'm like i'm like surprised you know like that no one's caught on you know like it's like hey uh and like or did they like also did they like fabricate his medical records or something they may have had to yeah that's a good point <laughs> it's funny and it's funny that uh when uh kal goes into the the barn there's like ufo newspaper clippings and stuff all over the wall i thought that was a neat little touch mm-hmm. <laughs> it was actually uh what's what i thought was also a little bit different was um jonathan kent uh you know you said that he's always wanting to do the right thing but there was also one thing that was a little bit different uh, like in the original film the 1978 film like you know it was always like you know do the right thing but in this one you know clark you know says what was i supposed to do just let those kids die on the bus from you know and then clark was just like well maybe i'm like that's that's really dark you know um and because I, I remember seeing that in the trailer like years ago i'm just like whoa like they went there because yeah. um i will say this seemed less dark than the film was because um it was definitely a different tonal approach to superman like because like when you think superman you think like all you know happy and you know exciting and you know like you know like john williams music playing but mm-hmm. this one you know it was this it was dark and there was a lot serious. more death yeah. and destruction and everything. But, you know, they did, the film actually did, you know, like tackle, like, you know, when Superman gets into a fight with beings like this, it's destructive. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's not like, you know, it's all taking place up in the sky and, you know, no one gets hurt. Like, no buildings are destroyed. Cities demolished, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I thought, you know, I thought uh, Greg Cox did a good job describing the action scenes. Like um, they were, I, I, <laughs> Unless I'm, like I said, I haven't seen the film in a long time. So um, I do remember them. I'm, I'm sure they had to be for the novelization a little bit uh, toned down space wise. Because, um, um, but uh, like I said, I haven't seen the film in a while. So uh, I might go back and watch it to see if I remember like, oh, yeah, he explained that part in the book or something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoyed that how he sensed other people like he heard their heartbeats and he's learned how to control hearing all the noises apparently his power he could hear everything everybody's heartbeats he like in in school he freaks out because he could see like his teacher's like bones like x-ray vision Mm -hmm. and he's like like scared out of his mind and he hears everybody talking he runs and hides in a closet he's just scared Uh, and his mom has to like come help get him out um it's a cool thing when he's fighting zod he like breaks his helmet off and then yeah. Zod experiences that whole thing. And he's like, what did you do to me? He like broke his head, you know, like his, his brain just fried there for a second. He's freaking out. Then yeah. He, and I, Oh, go ahead. I was like, then he, you know, he kind of, I guess, learns how to control that. So he learned pretty quick too. Yeah. And I felt bad for after like reading that scene and reading something that happened later that Martha Kent uh, talked about that, when they found Superman, he was a baby and, you know, he had trouble breathing because he was adapting to this world. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, like Superman had to go through that as a baby. Yeah. Like, and, you know, I mean, sure, he's a, an indestructible baby, but still that must have been really rough and everything. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> uh, there's something else that you said that I tried to, the one to kind of 
go on. But um, anything to do with Zod? Did you like it, the villain? I did. Um, I did. Um, I like the. I also like the actor that played him in the uh, in the movie. But what I did like is that, you know, there's there's this. He's completely in the wrong, but you can tell that this is his passion. Like he's a patriot to Krypton. Mm -hmm. He wants his people to thrive, to survive, to prosper. And, you know, but that means killing another race, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, like because they were trying to terraform the earth, you know, to make it like Krypton. And, you know, and Emil Ham Dr. Emil Hamilton, you know, said that, you know, that would kill a human like their internal organs would implode under the pressure, instantly killing them. And it's just. And that scene itself was dark too in the film, like when they were describing like what Zod wanted to do, and like it showed Superman standing over you know millions of you know skeletal corpses and everything. And that's for a Superman story, that's pretty dark. But um, yeah. I mean, you know, at least what I'm uh, used to. But um, <laughs> but you know, it's just like. <laughs> I, I uh, like that scene where, you know, Superman won the, uh, the, what was the name of the, uh, the, the spaceship? I can't remember. Um, I know what you're talking about. The name they is, they did have a name for it. Yeah. Uh, I should have taken, I should have taken notes. Yeah. Well, well, that spaceship with the, um, that they were going to use to help terraform the, the planet, like, you know, uh, Superman destroys it, and then you just see like Zod, like you know, abhorred. You know, he's completely lost his purpose because, and that's a purpose that's you know not necessarily that that I mean that was not you know his choice. Like he was forced to have that purpose, you know, to thrive for his people and everything. And you know, he tries to you know explain that like i did everything to help krypton but like yeah but you almost killed a lot of people so yeah I mean, yeah he's and, dark yeah yeah and and what even gets worse is that superman has always been you know like kind of like batman you know he avoids killing and you know that scene where you know he just like snapped zod neck yeah he didn't want to yeah he didn't want to but i mean that was the only way that he could keep him from killing humans and yeah i mean and even that scene in the uh that scene in the film was very emotional because, you know, you get that sense. And I, I think it touched a little bit on it in the novel that Clark Kent's now, or kal -El's now officially the last Kryptonian, like as they often refer to him as the last son of Krypton. And like, now he's truly alone because he just killed the last of his people. But, you know, yeah. he did it. And, and I mean, he did it for the, uh, the right reasons. And I thought that, you know, like I said, I thought, Cox did a, a good job uh, touching on that. Yeah. Yeah. See, the the son is what gave uh, Kal-El his power, right? He absorbed the son to become super, to have all the super strength, right? Yeah. That was mentioned. But I'm still, I'm a little confused on what makes the Krypton people, like, were they that strong outside of earth like on krypton or were they just like normal people because it feels like zod knew that he was always more powerful i think they touched on it a little bit like um you see in the comics 
Superman, like you said, he's powered by Earth's sun. And Zod said that Earth's sun is uh, younger and mm -hmm. it's stronger. But Krypto the Kryptonian sun was, um, it was old. It was, uh, had less energy. And, um, but see, on Krypton, they're like normal humans because uh, their sun is red. Yeah. And then when they come to Earth, it's the yellow sun. And so that's what gives Krypton, or a Kryptonian, his strength on Earth. And, um, like, there's been many times in TV shows or comics where, you know, the sun, like, what Superman was exposed to red solar energy and it dampens his powers. It's like he can't even use them. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I did like the the connection between Zod and Kal-El. Yeah. Having, you know, his father was his friend, but he betrayed him. And then he has to betray Kal-El. So mm -hmm. it was like, eh, the tragedy part of it. Um, I don't think that I really liked the, uh, well, man, I don't remember what I was going to say. There was something <laughs> that I didn't like, and now it escaped me for the second oh, time. Oh, the machine, it was called the World Engine. The World Engine? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Which, that sounded really cool, by the way. The yeah. World Engine. I would like it. That would be a cool visual to see, uh, that thing in working condition. So uh, the thing that I didn't like, this is what it was. I did not like the uh, the computerized version of Jor-El. I thought oh. that was a little bit of a silly touch. Yeah, they they were doing something different. Um, in the original Superman, with it was a a holograph. Uh, it was like a holographic type projection, like with you know Marlon Brando. Uh, as playing Jarrell in the original, like, you know, he had these crystals and he inserted them into these um, little glass like slots, kind of like that little uh, that little device that they had to. Um... You remember you remember from the store that uh, Man of Steel, they had that little uh, he had that like little chip thing mm -hmm. that, that that was from his ship. Yeah, um, it was kind of something similar to that, but it was a crystal and like a Superman would, you know, use that to like in his little ice fortress, you know, that would some that would bring, you know, Jarrell, his uh his uh his father out and you know, but it wasn't like it wasn't like digitized. It was it was like a like a holographic projection type thing. But yeah, um that was a little different and um <laughs> it seemed like it, it like oh, he's he still has a consciousness, like he's able to know things and it's like a time where he even says Lois's name, like he's telling her what to do. And it's like, how would he, like, how would the computer version of him know what to do? You know what I mean? But I guess it's just the AI was so advanced for those people. I mean, they even had weird creatures over on uh, Krypton that sounded really cool that were flying around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they were right. They were riding on. So, you know, it's just alien stuff, technology. It's, it's always better than ours. <laughs> Gosh, Star Wars. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, like I said, I I enjoyed the novelization. I enjoyed reading it, and um, I was worried that I wouldn't, but I did. Um, yeah, because like I said, this is you know with Superman, you know you're more used to him in the comic books or in the films or the video games or the TV shows, but it's just reading a Superman novel was you know I I enjoyed it you know it was uh, 
it was a nice change of pace. And I don't think I've ever actually read a Superman novel before. I mean, I have some, but I have not, um, but I have not read them yet. And, yeah. and it was a little different. Cause like I said, I'm more used to comic books, but it was a nice change of pace. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I never saw it. I'm glad that I know what the story is now because I've always wanted to see it. I just never, you know, there's some of those things that just escape you and you never get around to it. And, Man of Steel is one of those. I remember seeing the previews for it back when it was coming out. Like, oh, I want to see that. That looks awesome. Just never did. But yeah, I'm glad we I we picked that you picked this one and then we got to read it. Um, it's different, you know. It's I can't remember if we read a Marvel. We read a Spider Man book on here, which that was fun too. Um, but you know, it's cool. I like the alien aspect of it. I do too. Um, it makes them stand out a little bit. I like that. Uh, uh, there was a couple of things, like I said, that we were, there was <laughs> one of these might be weird, but there was things that I noticed that were different from the film. Uh, one of which was, you know, uh, one, we got that scene where, you know, they're at the hospital and Clark Kent was just a baby. Um, there's also the, the bar scene where, you know, this guy is, you know, you know, putting the moves on this, uh, bar, t- uh, a, a waitress and you know mm-hmm. he starts to get a little handsy and Clark Kent just tries to do the right thing and intervene but that guy just um, you know he gets up you know acting all big and tough and he throws a beer in Clark's face and and there's what's different about that is um, in the film like the the waitress just says uh, he's not worth it and it looks like you know Clark just quits like he just quits and just throws his rope uh, his apron down but in the novel he was actually fired like because the owner of the bar actually said oh like very casually oh hey uh yeah you're fired and i'm just like (laughs) um it was a bit weird yeah it was kind of funny though from the film like uh, that guy did try to like shove clark and like he just realized like oh wow this guy didn't even flinch and i'm like which realistically i think like i've seen people try to punch superman and their hands like broken i feel like that guy's arms would have been broken just trying to push him you know (laughs) but um uh and there was one else oh this is the weird one but i did notice like in the novelization like after superman or clark saved those men from burning in that oil rig out in the ocean um it said that he woke up in the ocean and he was naked but in the movie he was actually uh not naked he was wearing pants but they were kind of like charred up and i just thought like and it talked about how Clark was just like, uh, like, oh man, just like, I don't want to steal these guys' clothes, but I'm naked. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, he went and stole them off of some clothesline, didn't he? Like, someone, someone, yeah, that's, work clothes. yeah, that was actually kind of a fun little, uh, I kind of felt like that was like a reference to, uh, I don't know, if, like the, the 70s Incredible Hulk series. Like, every time the, the Hulk would turn back into Banner, like, he'd always go to like a, a clothesline or like a guy's laundry line, and you know, um, <laughs> Uh, take the clothes off there and like leave like a five dollar bill or something like that to at least pay for the clothes and i thought that that was kind of like a nice little uh uh it it felt like that was like an easter egg but i know it's like that's two different comic book uh lines but um (laughs) i you know it makes more sense for him to wake up without any clothes on because they would all be burnt off because i remember it's saying he's walking through fiery buildings and you know, fire is pretty hot, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure it would have just burned everything up. And he had it was cool because uh, 
Didn't the whales kind of help him out, or he heard them coming? Or him, yeah, him. yeah. And that was a neat little thing too. Oh yeah, um, I just saw this. Uh, like we're doing this live, and I saw in our chat that um, there was actually the film. Uh, what was also different is that I don't remember there being Easter eggs to other characters in this novelization. Like, because um, I saw uh, someone in the chat reference something about uh, uh, you know, was, uh, Rob D mentioned uh, uh, Aquaman. Like, because I remember in the film, I was like, there's a reference to like like Luther. There's a reference to batman and um i just thought and but this film i don't remember or this novelization no. i don't remember any easter egg at all unless i just you know missed it but um yeah or if it I mean, was at like, this time sorry go ahead no go ahead i was thinking at this time did they even did dc even know that they were going to start doing the franchise thing or is that like you know what let's go ahead and make more of these and then eventually like try to work things into it I'm assuming they were like, I'm assuming they were um, because there's always like, like there's always the plan to want to make a series of these films, but they want to see how like, like that one movie that starts, it does like, you know, with with the MCU, there's like, they did Iron Man and you know, where all that led to, you know? So, um, I mean, we still have some of these movies, like they just released the Snyder cut of Justice League, which I enjoyed. But you know, we're—I'll stick to the novelization. <laughs> Man, it's, it's, a, it's, a shame, it's a shame they didn't do the novelizations to the other um, movies in this world. They did, uh, but it's they Wonder did? Woman. That yeah, they did one for Wonder Woman. That's right. They did Wonder Woman and Suicide Squad. And Suicide Squad, yes. And I have both but, of those. But they didn't do um, Batman versus Superman. Justice League. Isn't there another? Um, there's the new Suicide there? Squad one, and there's Aquaman. I talk, uh, yeah, Aquaman. I would have actually, I thought it'd be kind of nice to have like Aquaman and Batman v Superman novelizations. And uh, I, I have the Suicide Squad one, but that one, the novelization, it, it it's never been touched. Like there's no, there's no, no, like no handprints on it. There's no evidence that this book has been read ever. And, (laughs) and, um, but, um, so next question is, would you recommend this novelization? If you haven't seen the film, because I'm saying this as somebody who hasn't seen it, I would say yes. If you're wanting that superhero, story uh even just an like alien story even you know this would be a good one to read um yeah i enjoyed it like i said i after reading it i would like to have read a batman versus superman just to see how the world continued on after this one because it does kind of leave as not really a cliffhanger but it's just like oh he's still out there he's watching because he even like smashes a uh big satellite and faces off with one of the military guys. He says, stop trying to find me. I'm oh here yeah. You. Yeah. So let me do my own thing. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to see a novelization of Batman be super two, uh, the ultimate edition that the actual cut was a little weird. And, um, and also with the novelization to the justice league, um, based on how well that film turned out. Um, 
if they had a novelization to the Joss Whedon Justice League, I felt like that review for that would have been similar to you, your review of the 2016 Ghostbusters novelization. <laughs> like uh, the Snyder Cut would have loved a novelization for that. It it was a four hour long movie, so the novelization probably would have been like huge. Yeah, like a... <laughs> but that that but that would have been a great novelization to have. But um, I do recommend the Man of Steel novelization. Um, now, if you're wanting, like, Superman action, like, you know, fight scenes and everything, then probably just stick with the film. But, like, like I said, we mostly just discuss, like, what all, like, new things that the, the novelization adds, like, uh, new scenes and everything. But it's an easy read, and I I did enjoy it. And, um, and, uh, there, what there's what you give it? Oh, go well, ahead and say that first before you give your rating. Well, I was wanting to say there was also like, again, like it was mentioned in the chat. Um, I liked the uh, there's a scene like I do like the cover. I, I mean, there's there was another film, there a, a poster of the Man of Steel that I would have liked to see for the novelization, but I do, do like that they went with this one because um, I do like this scene where he allows the military to handcuff him. Like he's walking through that hall, he's just got got handcuffs, and everybody who knows Superman knows that there's just like. Yeah, he's just being nice. <laughs> yeah, and he even said that. He's like, this is for your comfort. Yeah, like, and I mean, they kind of did something like that, too, with, like, the new Spider-Man uh, No Way Home trailer. Like, he's handcuffed to a table. I'm just like, yeah, Spider-Man or Superman, they would have just been able to, ting, you know, yeah. simple as that. And, you know, I like that, you know, he's very humble on um, he's willing to accept the responsibility. He's willing to surrender. Mm -hmm. He even says, I'm surrendering to mankind because he wants to help mankind. He's truly like, you know, that there's a, those that say the stereotypical phrase that an alien says, like I come in peace. And like, you know, you get that vibe with Superman. And um, I did. And I did like, and there's even that scene, like, you know, it's just like, yeah, okay, guys, like you think he control me. And he, like, he just goes, and the film, he just like immediately just breaks off those handcuffs like it's nothing. And but I did like that, you know, he's willing to let, you know, them know that they are secure, they're in a safe space, and he's not a threat. And I, I did like that scene. So yeah. You know, oh, something that uh, I go mentioned. Ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Something I mentioned earlier is about the color palette. Like in the book, he keeps saying, Oh, the bright red cape, the, the bright blue suit. Mm -hmm. And I it's like the film is just that dark hue over it. And like on the back though, you get that bright yellow and red colors, which is pretty neat. Nice little touch on the on the novelization there. Yeah, um, I can't remember it, it. Like I said, I finished this book last week, and I, um, they they said that uh, I like in the film. I know that they addressed it, like the logo, like Superman's mm -hmm. logo. Like he says, it's not an S. It's um, oh. That's another thing that's different. I'm sorry. I'm kind of uh, sidetracking here. Like when Lotus says, what does the S stand for? And he's like, oh, it's not an S. On my world, it means hope. And, you know, the symbol actually in the comics means the house of L. Like that's his family crest. Um, but he says like, well, how about Superman? That was a little bit different because in the film, he was she was cut off before she could even say Superman. But I did like that they added that, and then Greg Cox added that in the novelization because, like, it would make more sense because it would make more sense that Lois gave him the name Superman, and because in the film it was just like um, she's like, "How about we call you?" And then you know she's cut off from yeah, like a comedic type thing or something. 
Yeah, and then it's just later, like, there's a scene like, oh, they got Superman in tow. And then the guy's like, who's Superman? It's like, oh, it's the alien. That's what they're calling him. And I was like, I like that that scene in the novelization that actually made more sense for him to say, how about we call you Superman, you know? But it's just like, yeah. it felt like in the film they were just trying to, like, hold it off for, like you say, comedic time. And just like, come on, like, we know who he is. We know that's Superman. Just say it, you know? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it, it's, but, it is like when you, if you really think about these things, they are a little goofy, though. You know, like, oh, he gets hit with a missile. Nothing. He gets punched in the face by another Kryptonian. Ow! It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just, when you really think about it, it's kind of goofy, but but it was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. What do you give it as a rating? I give it an A. It was good. A? I recommend it. I'm going to give it a B minus. B minus? Okay. Just because, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of, like, a lot of action in my books. Um, the typos that bothered me quite a bit. I tried to look past it, but I was like, "Ah, Titan books, <laughs> stop this!" <laughs> they did it in another Titan book that we read recently, or I read recently, and it just kind of drives me crazy. But um, overall, it was good. Be minus. I enjoyed it. <laughs> um but yeah um i forgot to mention this at the beginning of the episode this uh the reason why i chose this novelization to for august um this is actually i'm dedicating uh, this episode to uh my oldest brother who is the biggest fan of superman that you know i've ever met in my life you know and uh like Superman, he's a great guy, you know, always wants to do the right thing, uh, do right by people. So, and it's my brother's birthday this month. So it's my brother. Just want to say happy birthday. And this episode's for you. So. Well, happy birthday, Mr. Bryant. <laughs> and he's probably going to hate me for giving it a B minus. <laughs> <laughs> no. Same with Greg Cox. If he sees I, mean, this. <laughs> I mean, as long as you didn't say like Superman sucked or something like that. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It was all good. A lot of, it was good fun. Yeah. Um, but yep, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, uh, we had to do it a little different. Normally we record these episodes, but this is a live stream. And so uh, to all those joining us in the chat, thank you for checking this episode out. We hope that you enjoyed it. A um, couple of things uh, that we're going to announce. Um, they've, uh, I think we've already announced them in the previous episode for Rambo. Uh, it was First Blood Part 2. Um, but we're going to be working on doing uh, audio exclusive single cut podcast uh that can be found on our uh, where we post our podcasts and that's just going to be one of the hosts uh one of us hosts so we're going to be picking our own novelization reading it and just doing like a maybe at least 10 minute uh podcasts um uh and posting them like on spotify or you know where where we it's, all it goes we've got the um we've jeremy who was in control of like the podcasting of it um set us up an anchor account yes. so all the podcasts are being uploaded to anchor which are being distributed to wherever you get your podcasts mostly um i think i think everywhere you can get them you'll, it'll show up so you know you get your google apple wherever spotify it'll be there so i was gonna post mine this month but you know just a couple of uh things came up and i didn't get time to do it but i'm hoping to try to get it done next month but 
my uh, i think jeremy is going to post one soon um uh but my uh one will be uh, the novelization to daredevil that was uh like this novelization also written by greg cox so i'll be recording that soon and uh we'll be getting that out and as always like stay tuned to our facebook page and we'll be posting updates when those are available for you guys to check out but also um tune in for next month uh next month is jeremy's pick we're going to be doing the novelization to uh, another John Gardner 007 novelization, License to Kill, uh, the Timothy Dalton film, um, which I have not seen this film in a while. I might watch it and then read it. Or, um, uh, So yeah, the next month will be the License to Kill novelization discussion. Which I may not be a part of, just a uh, heads up, so... Oh, uh, right, I want right, to try right. to follow along, but I've got so much other things that I need to do. Get caught up on some stuff. Um, <laughs> Seems like so. each of us hosts took like one break <laughs> uh, this this summer. Like uh, I took a break last month. Jeremy took a break this month. You're going to be taking a break next month. <laughs> but yeah, but you know we do have some uh, fun plans for this coming uh, uh, fall for. Uh, discussions and everything so um, like nothing's like officially posted yet so but just stay tuned you know, like to our Facebook page as we make these announcements and everything so <laughs> but um, again guys thank you all so much um, be sure to go check out if you're new be sure to go check out our paper movies and novelization book club YouTube channel please subscribe if you'd like to stay updated for more novelization discussions um, also go to our Facebook page, and if you collect novelizations, feel free to show your your collection. Oh yeah, you post your videos there if you want to yeah. shoot your uh, your bookshelf. Say, look what I got. That'd be great. Uh, what's really cool is there are some authors of novelizations over in the Facebook group, which is really cool because they um, they do have conversations with with folks in that group, which is really neat. So, and next year, you know, we're approaching the end of the year pretty soon. There are going to be some changes to paper movies, not anything like too major, but you know, things are always evolving around here, which is fun. Um, yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to see what we're going, where we're doing from here. So, yeah, and as always, um, check out our YouTube channels. Uh, check Matthew out at the Geeks Attic, also his Star Wars podcast, The Tuscan Reader. Um, thank you, Jeremy at Stupid Chainsaw Productions. He also posts his podcasts, his other podcast that he has with. Noah from Quality Autism, the um, Live and Let's Discuss, and King of Our Nightmares. And uh, uh, you can find me at Bryant VRN. That's my nerdy pop culture channel. And um, I also started a new one recently, if uh, you guys haven't heard. Uh, it's a Star Wars channel, uh, Star Wars exclusive channel. Uh, you know, I talk only Star Wars books, movies, review the comics, you know, reviews, discussions, and uh, it's called Red Five Reviews, which Thank you to Matthew for helping me come up with that title because <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling because I wanted to make a channel and I was struggling with the title. And he says, how about red five reviews? I'm like that's perfect. You know, perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can, uh, we'll post and we'll post links to our channels in the description after this video posts. Yeah. So uh, guys, thank you all so much. And we thank will you. see you on our next discussion for license to kill. Bye. Bye.